Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Podcast, Dr. Sonny Spira, and I feel like I'm in an old friend's apartment. I can't wait to talk to a good old friend of ours, Nicole Vane, today. And uh, very exciting because she's got uh, so much going on and she's kept us, all of you, you know, in, in, in dental world, uh, informed on what's happening and how she went fully out of network, the video that she sent to her patients. She's freely sharing of all her information and is always, always, always enlightening. And I always pick up plenty of nuggets. Second thing that's great is we are sponsored by Kettenbach USA, and uh, it's great. We're going to have a partnership with them, and that's going to help us do bigger and better things, and they're a wonderful company if you haven't used them. They have great products, great prices, um, direct producting. In other words, they make it, and they sell it, so they're a wonderful company, and the one product they're big on right now is Vesalis Core and Cement, so it's a core buildup. And you can also use it as a cement. So check them out, Kettenbach USA. Without any further ado, let's welcome Dr. Nicole Vane. How are we doing today? Excellent. Excellent. Can't wait. Happy to be here. I'm so glad you reached out and said, hey, <laughs> that little text, I'm ready to talk again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been, I, I don't know when the last time was, but a lot has happened in a couple months. So. Yes, it has. And for, yeah. According to as far as I can follow, that's for sure. We're going to talk yeah. a lot about business systems, accountability, and those those two to me absolutely go hand in hand, and then the hiring process. So uh, fill us in, Nicole, start wherever you like, and uh, we'll pick it up from there. Okay. Um, so I was just sharing with you pre-interview about some of the changes I've implemented in my practice in um, 2022. And the year started off a little differently than I anticipated, uh, much as it did for everyone. You know, I was like, 2020 sucked, 2021 was going to be great, but then there was still a lot of flux. 2022, I'm like, this is going to be that year. And then all the Omicron stuff and a lot of change led to me being like, is this going to be another year of flux? Yeah. Um, so I kind of doubled down and, um, Hold on, there's uh, a leaf blower outside. One second. Cool. Double down and decided to just make some really permanent changes, um, many of which uh, I started to change in um, 2020. I reevaluated everything, uh, made a fantastic change with changing my accountant, which has changed everything for my business. So you changed your been, accountant? Yes. Okay. So I started with, it's a lot of work to change things. It know, absolutely is. Of, I just changed myself in 2021. And it's very hard because I have a very good personal relationship with our accountant for years. So yeah, it's a big change. Yeah. So, I mean, I was trying to roll out these changes. Um, so I, I did that, changed that, got away from having a bookkeeper. Um, I use now practice CFO, 
And it's the first person who, I should mention the reason I found them, it was from other fee-for-service offices who were tremendously successful. Like I saw one of them was a good friend who was not successful. She took over a fee-for-service and she was hemorrhaging money and she switched to them. And it's kind of like, hey friend, something's different. I don't know why she didn't share it with me on her own. Like why I had to ask, but she said, yeah, they, we switched to them and it's been great. So they're the first one who does a lot of lead measures, not lag measures. So for years, all I've gotten are quarterly reports of last quarter. And you can't make movement when you're just looking at everything from three months ago. And then I'm the one who had to instrument all the change. So this new company has come up with a lot of strategies for me, some of which I was already planning on anyway, um, but helping me reallocate funds and driving down overhead and doing all that in the midst of things like the current situation where payroll costs are going up because people are demanding a lot more money due to inflation. So there's a lot of things that are in play that it's nice to have a good resource. Before, it was just always me. Um, they also came up with a great plan for me on how I'm repaying the debt down quickly for my build out from last year, which was 80,000 over budget. Um, and then how for me to allocate for some of the, I love taking CE. So for some of the expensive um, CE that I'm taking and to essentially get it approved more. So I'm not constantly just spending, spending, spending. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. So let's 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 take that just one step further because I think you said something that might have been missed: lead versus lag, right? Mm -hmm. So the, I, I'm going to describe what I view a typical accountant relationship as, as a practitioner. You're a practitioner. You practice as long as you're making money. You know, you kind of maybe don't pay that close attention. You know, you get you meet probably once a year and you say, okay, let's do some tax planning. What are some things we can do? Are there any purchases that we're going to make? Where do they follow? Um, you know, you might get a car, you might do a, a piece of machinery and it's a section 179 and you do that and you do some planning. And then at the end of the year, they say, okay, listen, you're going to need to set aside, you know, $200,000 in taxes. And you're going to be like, what? Are you kidding yeah. me? And then it comes April 15th and they go, oh, guess what? It's 195,000. We really, you know, great. And, and you don't really, you're not really running your practice. You know, you're almost just, you know, you're almost riding along with it. Yes. Yeah. So, so talk about a little more of the difference of what you are experiencing now versus that description. Well, first of all, like they send me throughout the year, these email task list reminders, like, and I have to check the box and then it'll line out, uh, having a meeting with the 401k advisor, having a meeting with this, make sure you're doing that, make sure you're allocating this. Hey, we didn't get these receipts from you yet. It's not a bunch of me like putting crap in a folder. Uh, oh, uh, they're probably going to want to see this form or they're going to want to see, you know, my 1099 from Delta or whatever. Um, so they really sat down and looked at, why are you spending this? Who's this? What's this receipt from? What's that? Hmm, I think that's high. Oh, this sounds like a good investment. Hmm, I don't think that this is right. Oh, can you function without this team member? You seem overstaffed. They really have gone through item by item. And then they have this follow-up task list of everything from each quarterly call that I have to keep checking the boxes off. And I was so proud that this last meeting, I went from literally like three pages of checkoffs. And this time it was like six items. I was like, done, done. I did it, done, done. And it's, it's great. You feel a lot more involved and in control of your business. Mm -hmm. um, and it also, you know, ever since I had my embezzlement, um, I really like knowing where everything's being allocated. My previous my starting accountant had done a lot of things as like loan to shareholder, like where it looked like I was taking these draws in a funny way. 
And she also did a really terrible depreciation schedule for my practice. So it was nice this time going into the build out where it was very strategic with how we were going to do the depreciation and the mm -hmm. different little loans and, and yeah, you to accelerate that depreciation as much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you sound very well versed in it. Um, I was not. Uh, so I was someone who just needs the guidance, like, Hey, you're the professional, tell me what to do. And so it's nice to have someone who actually is pushing the cart in the right direction. Well, what's interesting, right? You're talking about a accountant and, and for some people that's like a consultant, you know, but it's, it's also a forced, from what it sounds like, it's a forced discipline mm -hmm. that is really very helpful. Cause just look at, just look at what you just said. You know, I have three pages now I have six. So you're getting a routine down. That's, that's helping you tremendously on the business side. Is this also like wealth planning too? So it reduces mm -hmm. your personal taxes. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's more than just accounting for a business. And it's just nice. Like I, my car is paid off uh, in a month and it was like, Oh, you're not touching that money though. That money is going to go here now. And you're going to start allocating mm -hmm. it like this. And Oh, Hey, now your child is six. We can put them on a 529C as an employee and allocate funds this way up to $12,000. You can do this. And so it's it's very, very nice to have someone who is very strategic. Like you said, it's like a business consultant, um, but they're actually an accountant. And they cost less than the last guy did. And what's nice about it is I see these things in the forums about everyone's like, my accountant charges you know, a thousand dollars a month. That seems like too high. I'm going to do it myself. Does anyone have any recommendations? And I can only say that that's not where you want to save. You don't want to save on attorneys. You don't want to save on accountants. You like that. You want to pay for someone who is going to do the best job possible for you. You know, so, the old expression, right? You're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. A hundred percent. I just, can't say enough about not making those types of decisions where we tend to get really cheap. And again, it's not about taking away one cotton roll to become wealthy. And it's not about saving $300 a month on that, or in my opinion, on IT. Um, I do think there's a lot of things in softwares that have a lot of value in helping build your business and your brand. And again, once you have it running, you could be fee for service and not spend a lot of time, energy, and money chasing insurance. Mm -hmm. So great that's, stuff. Great stuff. That's I mean, been that's... one big change for me. Now, the name of the account you said again was Practice CFO. That's what mm -hmm. you said. And they do a lot in California. Um, I don't know how much they do in other states, but they're fantastic. Okay. And they also give you great connections for things like um, the next thing I changed was my website. Mm -hmm. um, so they're like, hey, you know, and again, it's it's really nice. It's more of a collusion model. They, they All their doctors that I know personally that were on it that I didn't know prior to me signing up with them. I'm like, oh, my God, that guy, this person, they're all really successful people. And then it's like, oh, that's who does their website. Oh, I really like their website. And so it's it's really nice where you can kind of um, they all everyone elevates each other with the same good information, which is kind of what this podcast should be too, right? That's right. That's right. You're not reinventing the wheel either. That's for sure. No. So, no. so part of your business systems, like we're going to talk about is, okay, number one, you have a, we'll call it your, your, it's not even really a, your accountant. It's really your business manager, if you will. Mm -hmm. yep. so that's and he's someone who holds me very accountable. I do feel like I need to ask permission before just spending gobs of money, um, like, like, you know, like just dropped $20,000 on my IV training to start IV uh, in May, but I asked permission in January. Like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want to roll out. I do think there's an ROI. We had a full discussion on it, which was nice. So it's not really permission. You're just bouncing ideas and then you're, you're, you're forced to think of it in a business pattern, not just you know, as you know, esoteric, like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. You know, it's, yes, it's, yeah. It's, and it's, he also, yeah. well, he did say not to spend anything for through March because I'm paying down my construction debt from last year. Uh huh. 
So we have a strategy for that. And then once that's paid, we have a strategy for how to minimize, obviously, like you said, an end of the year surprise with factoring in all the CE and, and all these other things that we're going to do. So, right. And then doing yeah. it in a tax efficient way. That's something mm-hmm. that I've been trying yes. to do, you know? So talk yes. about so, so now some of the business systems. Let's get to some of those. What were some of the things? Because you had a lot that you had going on before you changed accountant. I did. I did. Like part of it um, that's been really hard is uh, because of COVID. I wouldn't say because of COVID, but I I had a lot of team change during that time, and some of my loyal team members who've been with me now over two years, I got fresh into dentistry, like they had no exposure. The problem with that, it's wonderful because they don't have bad habits from anywhere else. But the problem is also, they don't know efficiency or what it's like to work in a burn and turn practice. They don't know what it's like to see 40 patients a day. So everything to them is, I'm driving the efficiency, but it's been really hard for them to see it. They like, to them, customer service means sitting down with the patient and a limited exam, if it's scheduled for an hour, should take the full hour. Like if they wanna answer questions on what a root canal is, and I have diagnosed it, yep, this is what you need, five minutes, you're in pain, let's get you in this week. They wanna just keep them there, just talking. And, and, and then they slowly saunter over to the treatment room, And they think that that's all value building and the procedure and who I am as a doctor. But a lot of these people already found me online. They chose the office. They were already vetted and they're here and they're ready to go. So let's use that. We don't need to use every minute. We could be using that to do something else. Yes. So I'm- I'm, Close the sale, right? Yeah. yeah. So I've been struggling with efficiency and we had, um, for instance, an intern who uh, wants to go to hygiene school and I trained her how to be a sterile tech, but I don't need four assistants for one doctor. And she doesn't assist, she just does instruments. But of course the other three are like, this is great. We love having someone to do all the instruments all day. You can't get rid of Chloe. And I'm like, I don't need Chloe. Like she's still 20 bucks an hour. Oh, but we do need her. She makes our hygiene bags. She does this. I'm like, I don't even need three assistants for one doctor. Like if I'm in a surgery, what are you guys doing? I'm not doing like second calm. I don't do staggered. And so um, it's been hard for me to untrain some of the stuff where they would, of course, it's very, very nice to have all these extra people here, but it does keep a payroll cost high. And um, it's been hard to untrain some of that for them. Okay. Because even if you're fee-for-service, you still want to be efficient. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's crazy not to. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. money doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, and it's a penny saved is a penny earned. And we can go through all kinds of great cliches, but it's true. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, like, um, I had a surgery day on Thursday where it was back, back, back. But we had an emergency. I said, tell them to come in now. And they're like, you want to do that now? I'm like, yeah. I'll just go put them in that room. I'll give them a block. And, but your other patients just showed up for wisdom teeth. And I'm like, that's okay. While he's numbing, I'm going to go do this. And then I'll go numb him. And I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll be done before this guy's numb. Yeah, And, and I was. Have, yeah. And if they have some, you know, if they have some training in terms of, okay, what do we do with emergencies? You're going to seat the patient. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the entire question that's answered. You can come in. I could be working. You can show me the questions. I can look over and say, I need an x-ray or two, blah, blah, blah. Now, when I walk in, I can do an exam in, in several minutes because I've got a lot of the information prior. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's efficient. Yeah. Yeah. And I switched over with the move to a lot of things on carts. And again, just because you're fee for service doesn't mean I have to have each room overstocked. I could have one cart with everything on it and wheel that into the next room and not have three composite tubs or three crown and bridge tubs, which is what they've been used to. So Mm -hmm. I've been like, if I was going to do an implant now, I moved all my surgery stuff into a cart. I don't need you to pull out the cassette for this. It's all, it's all right here. So even if I'm like, oh, now it's going to be a sinus pump. I literally, let me pull out my sinus lift kit, put this right here on the, on the top of the table. Let's keep rolling. It's not like this big deal. Like it was before. 
-hmm. but it's been, again, something that's been driven by me as the owner and not driven by the team. And it's been a lot of pushing and reinforcing with, hey, we're spending a lot of time setting up the rooms. Let's just, just wheel the cart in. We were already done in there or we're done with the CEREC, the crown's milling. You can come get it now and set up for the next patient. So when I sit down, we're ready to go. It's been a lot of training on efficiency. Um, now, does your office manager get involved in this? Do you have an office manager? So that was one of the other topics is um, having the right people in the right seats. Mm -hmm. So um, I do have someone now who will help me, but I did not have someone last year who was capable of managing. So that was one of the systems that I changed as well. Um, we started off in January where I had two team members, the same two who came to me for raises that were really overinflated raises. Um, Cause I pay very well. I pay top dollar in my office because I have high expectations and I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. And I'm very comfortable with clear expectations. But at the end of last year in November, they both came to me before Thanksgiving whether it seems now that they both had talked about it in advance. Um, of course. But I gave them both raises and said, hey, this is what I'll need to expect for you to earn this. Here's your task list and here's how we're going to train for that. And you'll start doing it by this date. Um, neither one was able to keep up with their end of the bargain on any of it. So I spent a lot of time and money from November through the end of the year training them on these extra responsibilities. And then both said, essentially I found out that my hygienist got them jobs somewhere else, closer to their home for even more money with their new skill set that they're gonna be doing somewhere else. But it, was, um, it wasn't fun because you, I just invested heavily in someone. And I don't think that teams see that. Oh no, of course they don't. But you know, that's, that's, I hate, I mean, that's what we deal with. That's what we deal with all the time. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with that 32 years. I can't tell you how many times we've come across that, you know? Yeah. And it's just a lot of like, what's in it for me, um, especially with this culture right now is everyone knows they're in demand. So, um, you know, one I took from scratch, no dental experience, just a smart girl with a college degree. Uh, and all of last year trained her into being a scheduling coordinator Mm -hmm. Um, and same thing with the other one. And, um, in their wake, I saw that they weren't following my systems. They weren't following the training and they still thought, ha ha ha, we'll leave and get more money somewhere else. Um, because, you know, we, we know our roles are in demand and, um, they both left abruptly. It was a bit disheartening, but I, I think we've all developed a thick skin in the past, you know, two years. Yeah, you, have to, you have to, you can't lick your wounds all the time, you know? No, no. And so diving back in and seeing that they weren't following the trackers, um, they weren't doing any of the stuff that they've been trained on that really makes the system run well, uh, was, it was a good thing that they left. I was well, definitely not sad when I dove back into their work. Well, when you said, these are my expectations and here's the pay, they said, oh, we like the pay part. We don't like the expectation part. So probably at that point in time, after some attempts at, you know, at the training part, they probably were like, well, she really going to find this really not going to be able to, you know, and, and not, not perform it as you had expected. That's not surprising whatsoever. You know, no. So, and I think they were like, we're going to get a great Christmas bonus. Yeah. Their plans She's were all set. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then can, Conveniently too, both got COVID. And then, so I got no training, no transfer of trust, no nothing. Um, they were like, I have COVID. So I guess my last day is going to be this. And they're like, did you really have COVID? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So, so what are but, some of the business systems that you were asking them that they were? So what, what happened was, is I was using this coach um, to train them on front office systems, how to collect out of network. I decided to call a good friend of mine who had sold his very successful practice. And now he does doctor coaching on um, team office systems. I just said, I can't ever be at the mercy of an employee ever again. Like this is going to be a hundred percent driven by me. Um, and all the check-ins will be with me instead of just with this coach who does the training. And she was supposed to be monitoring their trackers. So 
Um, he, I do want him to be on this podcast because he's been tremendously helpful, but he is unapologetically fee-for-service. It's, mm -hmm. we collect up front, we collect the whole case. Um, when we use terms of full mouth rehabilitation, he's like, that might just be two quadrants of scaling and root cleaning and bonding on an incisal chip. And I have rehabilitated their health within the practice. Mm -hmm. So it's shifting the mindset of the entire team on how we communicate with patients um, and collecting in full for everything um, before we even schedule them, not just a deposit. I noticed in the wake of the other employees, um, I was told that they had pre-collected on a lot of patients where it turns out they collected like 200 or 300 of the $5,000 before the appointment. And they were trained and taught and had done prior collecting the whole thing. But anytime there's pushback, they would start modifying to meet the patient's needs. Instead of, I'm fine saying, if you don't want to do it, that's okay. Call me when you're ready. But when someone's like, oh, I close the case. It's going to be great. They paid the deposit. They're ready to go, but you're collecting $300. I don't want them driving to the ATM, trying to scramble before the appointment and coming in 20 minutes late to try and, oh, I don't, I don't even want to risk them coming on with 2000 less and saying, well, can you take this now? And I'll bring the other part on Friday. Like don't schedule it until we have it prepaid. And so he's been really good with helping, um, drive the team on that and also helping with the accountability to the systems with efficiency. Um, and he calls it the lazy river. You should have a patient just floating through the office where everyone knows their role and owns their role and they float back out and the patients don't perceive any stress. They don't hear any stress. There's a lot less asking of questions like, is this right when I'm treatment planning? And he's like, why don't you trust yourself? Have you been trained? Why do you keep as the assistant leaving the room to ask the treatment coordinator if this treatment plan is right? You were the one in there. This is your patient. You need to own this information. He is incredible with driving that through the team without it coming off as um, he can be incredibly blunt and the, the team just still loves it. So, so that's, that's been really nice. So let's give let's give our listeners a little bit of a review, though. Uh, yes. Your physical plan, right? You have how many operatories? Six. Six operatories. Do you have any dedicated for hygiene? Two. Two are dedicated hygiene, and you have. And two. then the third is is set up for hygiene. So it could be overflow hygiene. It could be a new patient exam. It's set up for. I can actually do any procedure in it, but. That's what I use it for is for consults, exams, right. so, um, so you slides. Got, you got three primary treatment rooms for yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got an extra one that's a universal, can go either way. Yeah. And then you've got the two that are dedicated to hygiene. Now, how many team members do you have right now that are clinical staff? Uh, I have two hygienists and I have three assistants. Two hygienists, three assistants. Okay. Full time. Uh-huh. And how do you have, what's your business administration? What do you have there? Three. Um, he thinks I could do two. I, we, our phones ring a lot and I really do want good phone calls. I believe everything starts with a phone call. So I have a office manager slash treatment coordinator. I have a scheduling coordinator and I have a new patient concierge and recare coordinator. And that in and of itself, as everyone knows, keeping hygiene full. There's so many last minute cancellations over the past two years that I really do want someone dedicating to keeping hygiene full all the time. And she does a great job at that. That's why I do believe I need three, even though it's for one doctor. Well, I got to, I got to venture a guess to say if she, if she fills one hygiene appointment a day, she's more than paid her salary. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I Not completely even close. agree. Right. So, yep. So with, in terms of systems, um, what happened prior at the end of last year that I noticed starting on this year was people start blurring the roles and it's like, oh, we're just helping each other or, 
oh, that when you asked if I had a true office manager, I, I invested so much energy with the coach and trying to get her to leave. And I had said more than a year ago, I don't think she can do it. She does not have the personality type to write someone up, to have a stern conversation, to have a good sit down with like, tell me what's going on. You're not filling out any of your end of day trackers. I noticed that you left without saying goodbye. You didn't mop the floor in that operatory. She was incapable of doing that. She, she very much would leave it to the coach or leave it to me. Um, wait, wait, wait. She was incapable? Mm-hmm. She of would, the floor of saying no, the, the office office manager was incapable of holding an employee accountable. Which, oh, yeah, which she is wanted not, everyone's friend. Yeah, she, yep, she, she wanted to be everyone's friend. She wanted to sit in our little glass room that's the office manager room. And she yeah, never yeah. participated in anything. And with the front, what she was doing was also that. Instead yeah, she'd of being pull her like, trump card out, and, that, and that's what she would do. Yeah. Or she'd just correct it. Yeah. So in her mind, instead of saying, you didn't fill out any of your trackers, you didn't do this, I was out last week and you you didn't fill out anyone that you scheduled, the tracker, who left without an appointment, you didn't collect. Oh, I'll give you an example. She was out for a week um, and with COVID. Uh, she was one of them that, and she didn't, she returned to work, didn't notice that no one did a day sheet or a deposit. Or our new patient welcome cards that I write out. I went to her and said, hey, I still haven't gotten this. I've been asking for it every day. Oh, why aren't they doing that? They, everyone's trained on how to do it. Oh, well, they, they should know. And so she wasn't good at saying to anybody, hey, what's up? Like, I, I, I was off yesterday and you knew that. Like, we still need the deposit to be done. We still need the, the day sheet reconciled. You, you guys still checked out the patients. Where's the day sheet? Why didn't you do this? She just would go in and say, I'm just going to go sit down now and I'll catch up for the whole week on doing the day sheets. And that's not managing. And that's not allowing everyone to rise and be held accountable. So that no, is no, that's something just, that- that's just, a, that's just a person that performs tasks. That's not a person yes. that does, yeah. And I think a lot of offices have that, though. I know. I know. It's very common. And, well, a lot of times, as you know, people put in the office manager position the person they've either worked with as an assistant, developed a very close relationship, very high trust, and you, and you, and you say, okay, well, you're going to be in charge now. And you've got really, – that's one of the challenges that we have when we put people as they rise or move into different positions. Are you ready and willing to – make this determination and we have a gal who works for us for 20 going on 22 years now who has had various positions and i love her to death she's not a, she's not a manager she's not capable of it mm-hmm. that's, i don't that's think my hard, back office lead is capable either it's, and a, that's well, it's a hard they, move though to bring them back it's a hard move to put them mm-hmm. in management and then bring them back because they mm-hmm. feel you know ego and everything else takes a shot mm-hmm so, and um, so this, also, this this person for you is your office manager, correct? She was, yes. She was the treatment, but essentially all she did was do treatment coordinating and then check and follow up on, on claims. And again, when you're a fee-for-service, it's a lot easier than, you know, oh, Delta sent us the check instead of the patient. Let's write them a refund. It's not very complicated. Um So with her absence and then me diving in and being like, wow, the past couple of weeks, they haven't done months, they haven't done their trackers. Wow, this is really disappointing. Wow, my hygienist that I thought loved me. Actually, she gave me a lot of red flags. She was really good at kissing my butt, but she did this coup and stole them to go to another office. So I had to let her go. Even though patients liked her, I was like, I'm not having this. So I had to replace my hygienist. And the interesting thing was, is one different thing this year when we talk about systems is I was unapologetically like, this is, this is my vision. This is the system. The system works when people follow it. And I'm not going to hold on to people. And actually one of the coach, the one that coached the trainer who's trains the front She's fully bought into, it's so hard. Everyone, I, every one of my clients is going through this. Essentially, milk these people along, even though I had been saying all along, 
this person isn't capable of being a manager. Um, this person isn't doing their tracker. Have you trained them properly? It was diluting my accountability. So I decided no matter what, it was going to be reported to me now. Um, I want to delegate. I don't mean that I'm doing. I just mean that fully accountable. Like you're trained. Here's your job role. Here's your expectation. Here's your training on each of these tasks. You're going to sign off on it that you understand and that you're trained. And then moving forward, I'm just going to keep doing these check-ins. And then now the office manager's trained. She does the check-ins, but I'm still checking her check-ins just to make sure everything's always done and followed each day so that I don't end up in this position again. People and, will raise to the letter of you inspect, not expect. Yes, that's 100% true. And, and I didn't want to say, oh, but this hygienist is going to take me forever. And oh, but no one's, no one's hiring right now. My, my best friend just lost more than half her team last week. And she's up the street. And she's like, I'm never going to find anyone. I'm desperate. And I said, I just got 50 responses from a front desk ad in a week. And she's like, yeah, but I'm sure none of them are qualified. I don't want to have to train. I'm like, none of us do. But sometimes you can get the best employees and we have to stop telling ourselves the story that there's no one good out there. Now, right. I'm not in rural America. So that is different. And uh, that, you know, if you're in rural Arkansas, I understand it may be harder to find a hygienist. But, and I, and I do expect to pay for what I'm asking. So that's the other thing is I know people right now have high salary demands, but when someone follows all these systems, they, like you said, they're worth their weight in gold. Someone keeps that hygiene full, they are worth every penny of what they're paid. And so I found not committing to the story um, of there's no one out there, there's no one good, maybe it's me, has really transformed things with how many people that we can get that are going to be well qualified for the role. It's unbelievable how many working interviews we had for the, uh, some of the roles with people that are all looking, some of them are leaving good offices, looking for um, more opportunity. Okay. So, so I think that that's really good, but it was important for me to have some more training. Um, and Dr. Marcus has been really helpful on that, on the, the very, very clear systems for them to follow. So, so he so, is a big fan of job roles. So let me ask you a question because you mentioned this term multiple times. They're trackers. Give me a give me, give us our listeners a little idea of just give us some trackers that maybe a clinical dental assistant might have for you. Uh, the assistants don't have trackers because they're not scheduling treatment. So okay. um, they they have end of day sheets. So the tasks are supposed to complete like sending my cosmetic case off to the lab, uploading the photos, sending me this. They, they have their, their checkoff sheets for that. Okay. And then they also have, for each of them, um, one thing he's been very helpful with is implementing. They each have their column and they own their column. So it's not just that you did your notes for that, those patients for the day. It's that you audit your day for the next day is do they have a balance or any of their family members do? The same way we audit for hygiene. Like hygienists audit their appointments for, are they due for a four by two or are they due for an FMX? Now the recare coordinator also audits that, but the hygienist is actually auditing clinically with, hey, actually my notes said if this last three month recall, there wasn't an improvement, we're going into SRPs. How can we schedule them for just a profeedback? You know? Do you um, do that at your huddle then I would imagine? We do. So they all have what are called buck sheets. And then the, I, I forget what buck stands for. I'll have to look it up. But essentially it's, oh, B is for balance. U is for unscheduled treatment. Mm -hmm. C is for um, concerns. Like TLC, range of, the limited range of openings, scared of needles, always fails appointments. Uh, shows up late. Yep. All that stuff is in concerns. And then K is for kin is family member scheduled or, you know, whatever. And so yeah. everyone audits their day in the beginning of the day, uh, or sorry, sorry, before noon of that day for the next day, and then turns them all into the office manager. And we go over our buck sheets and huddle. And that has been tremendous. Wait, but you you go over and huddle before your day. You know, you do you have a do you have a huddle in the middle of the day? No, I'm they're preparing for huddle the next 
I got you. Okay. I got you. Yeah. And so so the reason that's been helpful, especially with balances, unpaid balances, they were really bad about that before. Um, There was never, there was no train of accountability. That was like, Oh, let somebody else catch it. That's what it mm -hmm. was. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's not my job. That's her job. That's the somebody, anybody, everybody, nobody, nobody. Mm -hmm. And I, I, when he explains it, that's another thing that's been great is we have these big, long meetings as a team, but everyone's involved. And it's like, you understand, you understand, you understand. We're rolling this out. Everyone's committed right now to this. And this starts tomorrow. And so it's been really good with, we put what are called stop on appointments now. So it could just be because we were balance billing last year, we weren't true fee for service is how my office manager, my treatment coordinator was running some of it. So someone might have had $113 of unpaid whatever that she didn't collect last year. And now don't we want to get that before we bring them back? They got really sloppy last year with collecting for SRPs. And I want it collected before their butt hits the chair. But it was kind of like, oh, that's just hygiene. So hygiene, you know, insurance is going to pick up some of it. So we'll, uh, like that mindset is completely over. Like we have fully gone into the zone of fee-for-service this year. How long did it take you to get there? Um, it, it Honestly, it took changing those team members. But still so, in the time frame, right? You're 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 what about it? About eight months? A month? Yeah. Oh, oh from since you went fully out of network. January first was a year. January first. So January first. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, it was. So that's when you were out. Year. Delta, everything was out. Yep, out. everything. It's been a year. So, so two months. We were transitioning out. Um, For six months, right? Yeah, just being really courteous, like, hey, just so you're aware, sign this, next time we're doing this. But then now it's six months and one day, and the patient's like, I didn't know this. I didn't know you were going to collect in full. I thought you were still going to wait for the check. And so, and then the team that I had, the two front, were like, oh, yeah, 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 oh. And then they would leave me these notes like patient was upset or you could lose this patient. They didn't know. I'm like, what do you mean they didn't know? Like, what do you mean they didn't pay in full? They just paid a deposit. What do you mean? And so it was helpful to have new team because you see that some people, again, aren't trainable or some people are going to commit to revising your system to making it fit their needs. Oh, It's easier to collect $200 and $4,000. Right. But you've got now you've got a completed circle, though. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no breaks in the chain. Not anymore. No. You know, no. so, so that, that makes a world of difference. So to answer your question, uh, once we had him come on and we had these team meetings with new team members, um, it's already been, you know, it was it was almost instant. We collect in full, we put a stop on the appointment, they go into the treatment coordinating room before they're brought into my chair, and everything is collected in full before they are actually now for even scheduling the appointment. We just got someone who prepaid $20,000 for their case. The wax up's not even back. And the nether 20 grand will be brought in this week before I've even prepped the teeth. So it's been a big transition with how we're presenting as well from front and, to back. And, and the beauty moving forward is those people, when they're happy and satisfied, will refer people. So their expectations will be right in line with how you're doing it. So the hardest yes. part is the initial getting over that hump. So it really is. Um, and I have to say the best part about Dr. Marcus is he was a wet finger dentist for 25, 30 years. And he only sold um, due to a minor medical issue that he, that could have been a bigger issue. Um, and the doctor I know who took over his practice is continually doing by himself over $2 million a year. Great these systems really work. And I love that he's like, I know this works. This is, I literally just did this. And he has that doctorly air when he's talking to the team. So it's not just a consultant coming in. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is what we're doing. And his goal is just to get these systems implemented and then he's out. So, so so let me get back to that, that question on the tracker. So what would a, what would a a tracker or two be for you? 
treatment coordinator? What would it so look? for the for the insurance coordinator? It's and again, he he's ready for me to be completely not doing any benefits breakdowns. I will go into why I'm still tiptoeing a little bit with that. Um, but the insurance tracker is like the the EOB came in. It was this much. I followed up. I told the patient or the check accidentally went to them. So you fill in anything, which isn't a big spreadsheet because we don't do a lot of balance billing, but that's for managing AR and credits. The scheduling coordinator, the recare coordinator has number of calls made per day to for recare reactivation. Um, modifying the ASAP list, which is like anyone who's same day cancels, you know, working that through Modento. Um, then we have on the recare coordinator, like the number of new patients scheduled, number of new patients converted, where they all came from, uh, new patient ASAP list, because some of our new patients were getting booked out over a month and I don't want that. I want them all to be able to come in within the week um, if possible and to be holding some of those appointments. So the recare coordinator has to be honoring the blocks and not have a cancellation for SRPs and, and be like, well, I couldn't fill it with another SRP. Well, hey, that hour and a half block is perfect for another new patient. Let's move in a new patient into that block instead. So understanding how to utilize the ASAP lists are all part of their trackers, meaning that they're maintaining their ASAP lists. Um, and then for the treatment coordinator, it's amount presented, reason for scheduling, just say it's one tooth. Um, they can't afford to do more than this one tooth right now. And then if it's a big case and they haven't scheduled anything, it's a two, two, two follow-up, like two days, two weeks, two months, um, getting that scheduled and it's all filled out and color coded. How do you, how do you keep, is it a paper system or is it on your computer? Is it a spreadsheet? It's through, it's, it's through Google drive. So everyone can log in and look at it at any it's, time. It's, it's a sheets then, right? It's a Google Sheets then? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's, it's just an Excel spreadsheet. That, that um, However, uh, when we had Dental Intel last year, my goal was to move it all over to Dental Intel because they also have their own system of trackers internally right. um, that, pop, that populates the dashboards. Um, I didn't find Dental Intel was great service-wise. So I switched back to Practice by Numbers, which also has a series of dashboards, um, but we are using still our tracker instead. But you can't oh, get you're, it you're your using software. a completely free system that anybody in the country could set up a Gmail and have their own Google Drive. Mm -hmm. It's a shared Google Drive. And then someone, you know, quits or whatever, then we take them off and then we can add anyone back on and you can check in anytime from anywhere through Google Drive. Right. You don't have to just be sitting at your desk or logged on. So I, I highly recommend following the trackers. It really, um, it leads to right person, right seat, because the people who are going to be good drivers are people who want to be on the bus, who want to do things your way. So one of the things when I was hiring for these two roles up front <laughs> is there's, there's some, some crap out there too. People who say they were office managers. Oh, I did all this. I did all that. Mm -hmm. My last office, it was just me. Oh, oh yeah, I know production scheduling. Like I've been yeah, really interviewing the on the phone. But they, but they believe they did, but no one ever looked at their work. And it's the same as, you know, the dentist up the street who had no hygienist and he did his own cleanings for years. And, oh, I have this tight, model. I don't need these employees. My patients are so well cared for. And you're like, really? Like no one is looking at your work, but you. So right. do they really have no pockets or did you just not measure them for two years? Like, and then they go to the next office and they have eight millimeter pockets and subcalc. Like it's helpful to have a lot of eyes on things and have one person own it though. So yeah, and, maybe, and, and they know that you're seeing it and checking it. It's not just, well, we're going to look at this, but now they know that you're looking at it. So you're inspecting yes. it, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just, and that's what we meet on. We meet on it weekly with each team member and then, and the, or the office manager meets on it weekly with the front. And then my back office lead is supposed to meet on it with the back. And then we have a, all the leads of the department. We meet on Friday to have an end of week debrief. And then we all have these other these other meetings, and it's been 
great for increasing accountability. And it is a, a lot of front-loaded work, I'm not going to lie. But then now, again, now that everyone's trained, it's becoming a lot less time for me. Mm-hmm. And the collections are, like I was sharing with you offline, are just through the roof right now. It's just been incredible. When people follow the systems, it's just like, it's amazing, one, how many people say yes. So I had two team members before that bought into the, oh, they're, they're not only going to want to pay a deposit. I don't know. We should still be, we're going to still talk a lot of the insurance language because we're still transitioning. And then you hire new people and you're like, this is how we do it. And they're like, okay, no problem. And you're like, hey, guess what? It works. So you do have to evaluate your team though, because we did hire one and she came with a glowing letter of recommendation from another doctor I knew. And she was going to be moving and she's pregnant. So um, I was like, why didn't you stay at that office if you were there eight years and you have this glowing letter of record? She's like, oh, I was supposed to move and then it fell through. So now I'm looking for a new position. He had already filled it. I had trained the person, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, nice, nice lady. Um, But she, in her entire 30 days plus, never filled out the tracker once. She had, I posted a picture, um, a lined sheet of a little notebook, a pink notepad. And then she would print out aging reports and then had her system of pink highlighters and purple highlighters. So she ordered the highlighters herself through Amazon. And she was constantly saying to the person next to her, my, my other great employee, who thankfully shared this with me, uh, that our trackers were stupid. She thought it was unethical. And her system was way better. And she would have her training calls. And then we would all reinforce the, the trainer would show her this tracker again. The office manager was like, hey, I still haven't seen your trackers. I was saying it. And then, of course, she she quit. And she said that she thought it was all unethical. She didn't believe in fee-for-service at all. She refused to even answer the phone because all the calls would be, mm, unfortunately, we don't take your insurance. Not like, let, let me ask. Well, first, we ask, who, who am I speaking with? Mm. You know, let me. She would get super focused on a $60 credit what do you want me to do with this credit? I'm like, call the patient. They have an outstanding treatment. They're coming in for cleaning. Do they want us just to hold it? Like, just call them. She, she never collected any balances that were from the previous um, office manager who had who let AR go up in her last two months. So it was really wrong person, wrong seat. And I wasn't willing to keep her on at all. Can you imagine um, if she stayed with you for six months, the damage you would have had? I know. And she was she was completely not on board. And I saw, but I saw it and I wasn't like, oh, but I just filled the position and she's nice and blah, not only, blah, blah. Not only not on board, she was subverting everything you were doing. She was mm-hmm. ripping it apart at the yep. seams. She was... Yep. She wasn't not not rolling. She was rolling in the other direction. She yeah. was yeah. very strong. And so yeah. um, Sally Perdue, yeah. the, she has a podcast and she calls them the sweet saboteur. Yeah. Like nice That's to your face. Right. And, and, but if I wasn't checking. Yeah. If I, because again, I committed January 1st. I'm like, I will never let this happen again. Like I, I'm going to be like, where's your tracker? Where's your tracker? Because it, it really, the track, the trackers take minutes each day, but it's a level of accountability. Like this is my work and I'm ready for you to check it. It's a level and of consistency it, too. Yeah. And it's so much easier to dive in. It's now we're replacing her and we're missing a month plus of data. We, she, she looked like she was working on stuff all day. I just have no idea what it was. I could tell you what it was. It was where to put the purple marker. Yep. And then where mm-hmm. to put the pink marker. And if they Oh, and touch. what time was lunch? She was another yeah. one that was like super yeah. obsessed. Right. God help rate. if the pink and the purple overlap. We don't know even know what color that is. We're not going to know what to do. Yeah. And she was ridiculously offended when she went to lunch. And I picked up the pad and I was like, is this what she's using? You know, and I took it to the office manager. I'm like, this is, we're going to talk to her today about this. And the, I mean, that just pissed her off to, to no end. Um, and again, she was a sweet saboteur, like she was pissed and you could tell it cause she didn't talk to us for 
for days, no good morning, no good afternoon. And because we took that and then I started noticing notes on pre-ops and I'm like, we don't pre-op here. Like if a patient wants to call and find out their outer network benefits, it's much easier for them for one. And two, this is, we just want full transparency. This is what the treatment's gonna cost. And we can't predict what they're gonna pay. And insurance reimbursements, even between this year and last year out of network, they're playing games with everyone. And so we really wanna be full transparency with you. The crown at its worst is going to be this much. And we hope that they pay this much, but we're not gonna sign our name off that they're gonna pay $501 of it. And then you get a check back for 287. And then we're spending all this time on the phone explaining why they didn't pay. So, um, and we, again, we do everything to help them with it. We get the claim submitted. We submit all the narratives. I take a ton of photography of not just the x-ray of the cracks and notes and my narratives are beautiful. So the system really works in the patient's favor, but you just have to have people that are really willing to see, like this isn't a bread and butter office where, you know, we're just doing everything we can to maximize what we can pull from insurance. We're, we're advocating for the patient. And a lot of times it's more conservative treatment. So, um, so it took, again, we, we, we did not hire her and we're still hiring for that role. And I've had a lot of great, I have a lot of great working interviews set up for this week, but my office manager, she actually has office management experience. She came from corporate. She did an immediate exit because they were doing some very unethical things that she shared with me. And it goes to show you can have someone with a corporate background who just finds fever service so refreshing. And well, she's, she's, you're right, but she's finding an ethical dental practice, right? Oh, and, and to her, that means the world. So she's got a high moral fiber. That's the kind of person I want on my team. That's the kind of person I want in a leadership position, you know? She's young. She's, yeah, she's only been in dentistry three years. She was an office manager. She was promoted at her last office within the first six months because she has that leadership spoke. She's soft, she's kind, but she's like, hey, I'm going to float around the office. I'm going to look at this. Hey, can I check in with you on something? Can you tell me why this wasn't done or I, this wasn't handed to me on time? I really need it. We need to be prepared for huddle. She's never late. She drives an hour and all of us are locals. We live within 10 minutes. She's always on time. She's always the last to leave. She's always very detailed with going over everything, but she did not have an issue with collecting in full with the training. So she sits down and now we do case presentation fees. So the habit of the past, and the, this is the hard thing about when you hire certain people who aren't comfortable with collecting, I'm fine if someone doesn't wanna do the treatment. I truly am. So I should preface it with, if let's just say the treatment is 15,000 and they can only do one, two. That's totally fine. I have zero issue with that. There's no sales, there's no nothing. But we want you to know that the total amount for everything we talked about, that Dr. Bing talked about, for if you chose to do the sleep apnea appliance, if you chose to do the Invisalign, if you chose to do these three crowns all at once, this, let's just say it's 15, 18, and 19, to schedule for your left side, total amount due would be this, just gonna do for the right side, the total amount due would be this, and then we would do the clear liners or whatever, whatever, and the total due would be $15,000. How would you like to pay for that? Then have the person say, oh, no, 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 I, I don't, I can't afford that, whatever, whatever, I only wanna do the one broken one today. Okay, let me put that in the notes and I'm gonna follow up with you, or let me help walk you through the process of, Maybe it's easier for you to do 18 and 19 at the same time. That way we're the whole quadrant styled out and this is how you can pay for it. And then just helps them walk through the decision tree. But even though she's young, she does not have an issue with the scary dollar amounts. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. I mean, I had a guy who looks elderly. He had to have both of his sons come in and they were talking for him. And it seems like the sons were going to pay for his treatment. And I had to talk to the son about everything. And it's a full mouth rehab. And it, I didn't really present the whole thing because 
the older gentleman who is the patient, it's his mouth, just sat there. He didn't seem to have any priorities. He wasn't interested in doing anything other than the broken tooth. Guess what? He's the one who walked in with 20,000 last week, his money, 20,000 next week. He wants the treatment done before he goes home to Guatemala. Like, so never judge someone. And probably I was the, like, it's probably the first time he's ever had a comprehensive treatment. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was more try. I've really gotten into patient psychology, but I'm like, I do have to talk to the patient. Like I, I, I appreciate his sons are here HIPAA wise. If he wants them here, he can, but I'm going to talk to him. It's his mouth. What are his yeah. priorities? Well, the sons, the sons, what are they looking at? They're looking at, well, there's goes my inheritance. Let's go. Let's, let's do the cheapest thing you can. Mm -hmm. pops, right. Yeah. And so the old, the old team, I'm talking just two months ago, the old team would have said, I called the son. I left some messages. He didn't call to schedule his dad. So um, we didn't schedule him. If I, when I said, what happened to Mr. So-and-so? This one, she follows the trackers. I followed up with the son. I, it seems like dad's paying for it. So I'm, I'm going to keep following up with the dad. I'm going to sit him down. They stayed in that glass consult room for like 45 minutes. The patient walked out. I was sitting in my office. I saw him walk past the front. I was like, oh, did he just leave? She's like, oh, he's uh, he's running to uh, his car to get his wallet. He's going to pay for all of it today. And you're like, I, I mean, even I was surprised because again, we're not selling. I was just like, this is this is your area of concern, but these are, I'm, I'm looking at your whole mouth. I'm just going to review it with you. And um, people will do it if they're ready and they want it. And so it's really been a big shift. And I think there was a, there's a podcast called Delusional by Dr. Todd Schneider. I've reached out to him because I think he should be on this podcast. He's a fee-for-service dentist in Orange County. And he has a couple programs. One's called Inception Online. I posted about, um, but it's about walking patients through the decision tree. And Dr. Marcus is also really big on this, but what are your values? What are your fears? Are your objections, again, maybe it's that your son is like, I don't want my dad spending all of his money on his teeth. I want that going to me, or I want that going to a boat. I want like, but you're, you're looking at their psychology and, um, and then pivoting your treatment plan accordingly. This is still what it is to get you healthy. What do you value? Do you value just getting out of pain today for this one tooth? Then we shift and we talk about that more. And then when you're ready, we'll talk about other things more. So it's, it's really being able to pivot based on patient psychology, but always being consistent with like, we're going to give you the best service. We stand behind our work. I am a very ethical dentist and this is what it costs. And we're not even more expensive than other people. So I'm not afraid anymore of saying we're fee for service because I see some of these treatment plans from some of the DSOs up the street. And because um, someone posted the other day, do you charge for pulp cap? And everyone's like, nope, including benefit. I'm like, but I'm going to do that pulp cap for $121 instead of the root canal, post, build up, crown, all the stuff that's up the street. So even though their filling is $414 instead of $110 through Delta, they're not paying for a root canal post, build up, crown, and maxing out their insurance. And so really being able to help patients see the difference is also really helpful, mm -hmm. especially when someone, I did have this gem come from a corporate office where she's like, no, that's what they would tell me to say. Everything would turn into that. And then they use up their whole insurance for the year on this one tooth mm -hmm. and they have nothing left to treat any of the other quadrants, nor are they even given the time or attention to discuss the other areas of concern. Like this is what it'll take to get you healthy. So and that's been a, a very transformative shift. And this all reinforces what and why you're doing it. You know, you mm -hmm. get one one like that. And then that person who maybe was like that one team member who was like, well, I'm not sure. They're like, yep. And then that's their reference point for the next time they have a treatment plan presentation. And, you know, we just, we, we went over this and patient, you know, this is what they wanted to do. You know, if mm -hmm. they were never informed, they're never educated. You know, so they can't mm -hmm. really truly make an informed consent decision unless they have all the information, not the bits. Yeah. I listened to a funny one too, though, on informed consent, um, actually by Dr. Snyder. 
And he said, do, do you include in the informed consent that this is the first root canal you've ever done outside of dental school and that you're being given 30 minutes instead of six hours to, to complete it? Did you inform your patient of that? Are we giving true informed consent that you're doctoring the treatment plan and that you have uh, someone breathing down your neck to hit your production goal or you might lose your job? Are we really informing them? And I thought that was hilarious because it is so true. If we're dealing with things with true transparency, and that's one thing that I think Dr. Marcus has been really helpful with shifting the team. I would love to take the credit. I can't. It's just, we're actually doing this because we're advocating for the patient. We want you to know everything. Yeah. I want you to know you could go to the periodontal street. You can, I'll, I'll, I'll write you a referral. I could do it here and it's going to be a little more conservative because I want to manage my patient's health from start to finish. I don't want to just write you a script and then be like, okay, well, someone else will deal with it. And at some point I'll get um, a progress report back from them and figure out what's needed for the patient. I want to control the whole process because I really want to take care of my patients and people are willing to pay for it. Great stuff. Um, I think that's a perfect spot to wrap it up, but what do you have? Oh, any? I had more. Uh, I, I, we'll well, wrap it I up. know you do. And I know there's plenty more to talk about. We should yeah. probably just get a second, second, um, second. Uh, but interview. that's, that's been the, the biggest changes for this, this year. And I think you're right. We can, we can wrap it up, but it's been, I just want to. Well, don't get, don't get upset. I'm not. I, <laughs> I want to just help instill in people that yeah. uh, sometimes we have to make the shifts first. So I had to shift myself and say, yeah. nice I'm stuff. willing to do the hard work. It, shifting the accountant. It sucked. It really sucked. It was so much homework. I can't even begin to tell you, but it's worth it. I shifted shifting team members. Sucks. It's so much work, but it's worth it. And sometimes we're, we're pushing our energy in the wrong direction. So instead of having weekly coaching meetings with an employee who isn't going to make any moves because they're not willing to be that person for you, you can just call it a day and say, I'd rather use this energy looking for a new employee and training someone who's actually going to do it mm -hmm. and who wants to be part of a great team. And I think we have to stop the storytelling with ourselves and be willing to do some of the hard work as owners. And it, it, I'm not going to lie, it sucks, but then the, the rewards are a lot better. And I do find myself with a lot more time freed up and a lot more ease in my day when I'm just glancing at the tracker versus having another coaching conversation with someone about, do you understand and blah, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Very true. Well, I want to say thanks. And uh, we have a lot more meat on the bone, so to speak. So let's plan a second part. All right. And thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Fee for Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our Fee for Service Dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.